The Myths of Selling to the Government If you're using traditional sales techniques to sell to government, you're doing it wrong. The podcast is brought to you by Government Selling Solutions. Government Selling Solutions, selling and marketing to the government for years, quite successfully, thank you. Now, here's Rick. Hello, and welcome back. If you're new to us, check out a list of the previous episodes. There's some good stuff in there. And please give us a review. Folks have let us know that they like the short length of our podcast and how we get to the point quickly. So I guess we'd better do that. You want the government to buy from you? Then you'd better make it easy for them to do so. Different government entities have different ways they like to buy, whether local, state, or federal. Most have preferences for contracts or purchasing vehicles. On the federal side, they often fall into categories with names like fixed price, cost reimbursement, indefinite delivery and quantity, time and materials. There's a lot of info on federal government contracts on the web and consultants who specialize in them. That's not us, but we can point you to some good ones if you like. Email rick at govselling.com. At the state and local level, you'll find similar arrangements. But you'll also find more use of credit cards, purchase orders, blanket contracts, or organization purchasing co-ops, and more. Yep, it could be a maze, sometimes tough to figure out. Or is it really that tough? I say not. It's easy. Go to the web first and do a keyword search. How to do business with the city of Nashville, or wherever. Just did the search, and there it was. This will show you the official process, but behind almost every official process, there's an unofficial process that you also need to know about to make it easier for them to do business with you. Learning about this process is tough, or is it really? Just ask. Patrick Robinson ran public sector sales for cybersecurity for AT&T for years. I was talking with Pat the other day. And the topic came up about asking questions about the process. He told me the story of Steve. He's the CIO of a local city here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And one day when I felt like I had the right to ask Steve a good question, I asked Steve what his cadence was for entertaining and evaluating new ideas and new technologies for his city. And he just lit up. Rick, when I asked the question, he illuminated like, wow, nobody ever bothered to ask that. So he took the time, he got on the whiteboard, and he literally mapped out the 12 months of his budget year and showed me what happened in each of the months. And what it helped me understand, as I repeated back to him, was there are certain months in which a really good idea is irrelevant. It, it's either too early or too late. And Steve nodded, and yes, he, he, he recognized that I was understanding what he was trying to say. And that changed our relationship from that point forward, because I was now able to relate to him according to his calendar and his cadence. Pat told me that asking such questions gives the prospect respect. Besides, without the questions, you don't get the answer. I like Pat. We'll have him on more. Back to the contracts. Let's say you're not on the contract and can't get on it in time or don't want to go through the hassle of getting on it. 
you may want to find someone who is already on the preferred contract and who has similar solutions to offer and see if they'll partner with you. Yeah, they'll take a cut. And yeah, they may have an involved process for you to create that partnership. But you may find that they would really be willing to partner with you, especially if what you're doing complements what they're doing. We'll do an episode specifically on partnerships for government sales later. Even with the contracting vehicle figured out, you've still got to build relationships, establish reliability, identify pain, accomplish information objectives, and present strong value. And doing all of this is going to take work. But imagine how much easier it will be for your prospect to do business with you once you've done all those things. Let's start with relationships. It sure is easier to do business with someone or an organization that you know. I've been taking my cars to the same mechanic for, I don't know, at least 20 years. <laughs> my car is a 23-year-old Jeep Wrangler, which I've been driving every day for over 20 years. When the Jeep is ailing, I don't shop around. I just go to my guy, Eddie. Not only do I trust his work and trust him, we have a real relationship. <laughs> Eddie likes to explain everything that he does on your car. I mean everything in great detail. He even likes to show you the bad parts he's taken out, although I rarely understand what they are or what he's saying. At first I thought, I don't have time for all this. I just want my car fixed. But over the years, my drop-offs and pickups have gotten longer and longer because, well, we just enjoy talking to each other me listening mostly. It's easy to do business with Eddie because of our relationship. Oh, and he gets lots of referrals from us too. Not to belabor the Eddie story, but next on the list is to establish reliability. It took a few months, but it became quite clear that Eddie does exactly what he said he would do when he said he would do it. Now, I don't always like the answers, particularly on the time involved, but I'll be patient because I can rely on Eddie. See? Easy. You've got to do the same things with your prospects. Show your reliability. Then you've got to identify the true pain your prospect is trying to get rid of. By the way, much easier to do once you've established a relationship and reliability. Think back to Pat's story about Steve. I bet you that the whiteboard diagram Steve did for Pat on his process includes lots of info about where they were experiencing pain and planning to do something about it. The same can be said for all of your information objectives. Remember those? Understanding those nine things and any others you may come up with well, without a doubt help you help them do business with you. Tony Lanham of Axiom Sales Kinetics gives us good examples of information objectives in episode 23 of season one. Remember, they are find out their current state, find out your commonalities with your prospect, know who'll be the evaluators, their evaluation history, alternatives they're thinking about, their favorite alternatives, the current approach, decision criteria, and decision stages. You knowing these things will make it much easier for the government to do business with you. We could go on and on, and I guess in one way, everything we teach is ultimately about making it easier for the government to do business with you. There's no one secret. 
Anyone who puts too much emphasis over one aspect and ignores the others is in for an unwelcome surprise. It's a multifaceted campaign with lots of elements. The elements are not that complicated. Heck, we figured them out. But you've got to put a lot of pieces into play. You can do it. There, short and sweet. Thanks for listening and for using the Myths of Selling Government podcast as a springboard to new relationships. I've enjoyed connecting with so many of you, like Pat Robinson, who told us the Steve story. Thanks, Pat. Looking forward to our next chat. Today's episode has been brought to you by Government Selling Solutions. Government Selling Solutions. Getting government sold. Thank you.